Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. It's also weird because we don't record Not Safe for Wizards anymore. So it's like, what is this? What are we doing? This? What am I doing? How do I do this? Where's this to says. So I forgot. I, f- I didn't realize Craig was going to be here. <laughs> so, so we were recording our D&D games for a while, but we would always forget Craig. And so like, oh, no. We would forget like the first 10, 15 minutes. And so like every recording we have of our games just starts with, God damn it, Craig, or fuck, fucking late again, Craig. And it's just like us all swearing at Craig. And it's just, <laughs> so now whenever I see Craig, I just, just, and it's always like we've remembered awesome. when we're in the middle of doing something. So it's also like, God damn it, Craig. All right. So I slice this guy's head off, right? It's like right in the middle of it. It's like no context. It's fantastic. That's my, my awesome. My my favorite is always when one of them drops out in the middle of shit, and it's like, oh yeah, seriously, Craig, are you sure? Come on, Craig, like get your shit together, man. Like, why can't you be good like Kierk? Kierk is so much better. You I don't never... even know who Kierk is, and and I just know that Craig. I I kind of want to get Craig some help. Like like I just feel like there's something something not right there, and and I have concerns. Think twice if they're hurting you, Craig. <laughs> well, welcome to the geekiest, folks. <laughs> Can you tell us in a while? Uh, it's a, uh, I'm keeping this in. No, I'm keeping this in. You're listening to the geekiest. My name is Joe. My pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm Kayla, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, my name is Mary, and my pronouns are also she, her. Welcome Hi, back. Hi, thank you guys for help having me back. I'm so happy to talk to you. We, we missed you. you. <laughs> miss you guys terribly. Like it's Very weird. Great. It's I miss I miss it. I didn't realize it had been like two years since yeah. yeah, me and Mark were on, yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like we went through a global pandemic or something. I you know. <laughs> Uh, we're well. We're Jeremy, Baramy, and time aren't real anyway, and um, we're just hanging out in that little little dot across the eye, or uh, above the eye, across the eye. Uh, letters are fake too. I don't care. And uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it's nothing's all just real. Squiggles. It's all just squiggles. Nothing's real. Everything's a simulation. It's fine. Yep, it's all <laughs> totally fine. It's all totally fine. <laughs> we're all fine here. How are you? <laughs> right. So what have you I, been doing for the past two years? Uh, the short answer is issue two. Uh, it, oh God, it's been so much. Uh, so issue two is finally, uh, done. I say done like it's printed. It's not printed. Issue two for incident report, uh, is done. We had the Kickstarter very last minute. 
Um, it had a nice short Kickstarter. Um, got that out the door. Um, I moved in the middle of it, which is also super exciting and fun. Um, that was something that that Mark kind of kind of sprung on me, but worked out really really well actually in the end. The way that everything kind of uh, paced out. Um, and issue three, and getting ready for Mythfall still. All Attic Door Media things. Um, yeah. We were streaming for a little bit. I want to get back into that as well. Um, yeah. Is that? Like, we've, we've done everything kind of like, we get to record stuff and like edit shit when I say something stupid. How, how is it? Is it tough? You know, it's different. I, I, won't, I won't claim to be an expert on it. because So it was me and Cece. So I started streaming on my own kind of as, 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 a, as a, you know... I'm I'm lonely and I want to play video games and I I have some some communities on Twitch that I'm involved with that I really enjoy that have been really helping me kind of keep my brain sort of in like a hey remember you're a human not a robot space okay um so I yeah it's real nice honestly um but so I kind of brought it up to to Mark and Cece and Sip about you know maybe this would be a good way for us to kind of in between comics and in between projects, you know, keep interacting, keep doing things, keep kind of, you know, kind of showing the nerd resume. Like we, we do mm-hmm. game, right? We game a lot and we play a lot of different kinds of games and SIP does art. Um, sometimes we, we did like just chatting stuff. Um, but mostly what it is, is the internet is forever. And yeah. uh, when, when you say, when you say stupid stuff, and uh, it's out there on the internet, then sometimes CC clips it. Um, no. or, <laughs> if CC... <laughs> or if CC says something stupid, then sometimes I clip it. And so now we just have a bunch of um, random clips of us being giant goofballs, which is actually, it's actually, honestly, I really enjoy it. It's very fun. It can be a lot of work. Um, it's a little bit different, I think, the way that we did it and the way we were doing it in that streaming was always kind of a like a side project for the hobby not to say that we didn't take it seriously or that we didn't really enjoy it or that there's not like a lot of work to go into it but it was never going to be like our our main revenue stream basically Mm -hmm. and that sounds so technical and i hate saying it like that um, we were never going to be content creators. Like that's not the kind of content that we create. So right. that gave us a lot more freedom to, hey, you know, we we don't really know what we want to do today. So we're going to do a random Sims build or, you know, we're going to hang out and do a watch party of Invincible or whatever, kind of whatever we wanted to do that day. And um, so it was really fun. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. Um it could get a little bit stressful because just there's there's days where you're you're low spoons, right? And you don't want to mm-hmm. you don't want to be on camera. And there's a bunch of new tools out there. They have like PNG tubers, or they have like um, streaming's very odd. It's it's got its own mm-hmm. kind of rules and and quirks. And I know a lot of people do D and D on online, and and we talked about that a couple times. Like, you know, I think we had a a one shot one Halloween. But yeah, it's it's different. It's very very different. I don't know that it's something that I would want to do full time all the time. So hats off if you if you do do Twitch and streaming and stuff. Like I, it's wild. I, I definitely I, have the utmost respect for people that do that. I lately I have uh, 
gotten into doing some charity live streaming um for for various things uh the guys over at dungeons and dummies kind of roped me in to do like a one shot with them and yeah it is like oh we're gonna play D D, and 1200 people are watching or whatever and it's like oh um yeah you know but then i also you know we're we're I've gotten to be good friends with Alex from Dungeons and Dummies. And, uh, you know, every so often I'll get a goddamn OBS broke down or, you know, reset or. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh. that's the other thing is like, so Cece and I were streaming like we were taking turns streaming because like we we didn't want to be solely responsible for streaming on either end of it. Right. Because we both have lives. This is, again, not our, our main source of of content. Um, so. <laughs> It was me and Cece twice a week logging in on different computers and messing to the same account and messing with each other's settings and like, oop, does does the sound work this week? Nope, nope. Okay, so like you have like the first five minutes of stream or the first 10 minutes of stream are completely silent because there's no way to mic check yourself. Like you can see huh. that the output is there, but if the mic is muted in OBS or, or Streamlabs or whatever mm-hmm. tool you're using, then it's just gone there's, in the ether. There's no way for you to know. That yeah. really sucks. Yeah, yeah, and it's... We were not using the program the way the program was intended to be used. You know, of so that... Not. Of course not. Why would I do that? That's not my job. <laughs> uh, but it's... Yeah, it's it's wild. Mm-hmm. I've I've got a, a friend who does a web show. Um, she's, she's, she's on a web show every Wednesday. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know that I could do a live web show every, like, that's intense. That's, oof. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Flat. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, I, again, I was like talking with Alex uh, and it's just because they do their, their show every Wednesday. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, I'm like, I, you know, I, I have to make sure I, when I'm doing like the charity things, it's like, so not knocking on anybody. But I was supposed to be on one a couple weekends ago at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Absolutely. No. No. It was for a really good cause. Okay. But. but... And, and I was going to get to play a system that I had never played before. Uh, it was a hack of lasers and feelings to, uh, to do, um, like, mimic, I guess, the, the video game Bloodborne. Okay. Which I'm unfamiliar with as well. I was to say I, I want to give you a ge- I want to give you a geek point for that because I haven't heard Bloodborne in a hot second. That's a <laughs> that's fine. Okay. So and and lasers and feelings is a, is is a pretty light. Like I had to get my whole brain around. So at most I'm ever going to roll is three d ten. Okay. All right. All right. And. You know, they're like, oh, and since we're emulating Bloodborne, just be prepared that your character is going to die multiple times. I'm like, okay. All right. Sure. So don't be precious with your character. Okay. Um, but but then some some sh- some uh, issues came up and we did not run. And it was just like, I'm, you know, going back to bed at 630 in the morning. And I was, and then I like, I saw myself in the video when we were using Zoom. And um, I was like, this is the third or fourth stream I've been on and everybody uses a different software 
for recording the video and audio. And it's just, I wild. Yeah. Like there's no, also that sucks. Like you were up, you were ready to go. And then oh, like, that's, that's even worse than like planning to be up. And then like last minute canceling. Cause at least then you can just sleep. No, no, no. I got up. I made, I had, I had the coffee maker programmed. Oh, so no. I, had, I, I had the last, I think of my thieves can't uh, coffee from uh, found familiar. Oh, it's uh, so good. Isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. The, 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 the good berry, uh, the good berry though I had, that was, I, I, I like a, I like a strong coffee and it was not strong enough, but uh, I, say, I haven't, I haven't tried good berry yet. So I might try, I might try good berry. Um, I'm trying to get back into drinking coffee. I, I, I went cold turkey on coffee a while ago and because um, it was give, I was getting migraines and that was like seemed to be a trigger that I was getting was like caffeine. And I was like, absolutely not. I can't live this way. This is horrible. I hate it. It's awful. Um, but I started drinking cold brew and I'm like, but what if I just tried regular coffee? Just a little, just a little bit, just a little bit of coffee every now and again. Just- oh. <laughs> Did the migraines come back? I not yet. Okay. Um, I'll get like I'll get like tension headaches. I'm a lot better, I think, at recognizing when there's one brewing, and kind of like, oop, nope, gotta stop, and 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 immediately drinking like half a gallon of water and trying to to flush that out. So I'm I'm trying to be more mindful of of that, but I also really miss. Um. I'm not actually sure if I miss drinking coffee or if I miss like the the ritual behind preparing coffee and like yeah. smelling it and create like just making making a cup of coffee. I, which yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, because because it is it's it's you know it it is your own little ritual and I was a barista for oh god over ten years I think all all said and done with. Like a really long time, and I always drank coffee. So, like, even at home before I, I did anything at every major coffee chain that you can possibly think of. Um, yeah, that sucks. Well, but yeah, yeah, I, I can't relate with the coffee thing. I'm a tea drinker, but I'm I'm not a coffee drinker. And there's there's I, definitely ritual to tea. There is definitely rituals to tea. I've gotten more into tea recently, um, and. I'm going to say this immediately. Fuck my grandfather, because he told me. <laughs> he told me, he's like, mm, no, you're going to. He's a, a very, very tall Scottish man. And he told me, he's like, no, he's like, one day you're going to stop drinking that and you'll you'll go back to tea. Like, like I think he told me like God intended. And I was like, that's not. Absolutely not. And um, and I, I've been drinking more tea recently and I didn't want him to be right. But <laughs> we never want them to be right. And they're always right. They're always right, and I, I was like, "But why? But why you have to be right? It's just, well, yeah. why though? I, I don't know, man. Like he just, he was just right, and like I'm finding like all these like weird little. I'm slowly turning into my grandfather, which is maybe not the worst thing in the world, um, but I'm like, ooh, no, like I want this very particular. I want like my shortbread cookies. And like, I want to be home by X time, and I only want to dress. Like, it's it's so bizarre. It's it's like I don't know. It's weird. This is what oh. being alone in a pandemic for two years will do to a person. Is just slowly, <laughs> slowly revert. revert. Um, let's see. What else? Hmm. Go ahead. So 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 you're streaming, and the second issue. How close are you to coming out with the second issue? 
Um, we really just have to, we want to get kind of the files all together, but it's basically ready to go to the printer. Um, we, we actually had to ask around in our discord a little bit. Um, we're in an indie comics discord with a bunch of people who have been on this show. Um, I think Mike Connell's in there. Um, I know I just saw his name. Uh, did you, where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go? A lot of names. A lot of people you have had on this show. Because I feel our like we're friends. just... Are your fans? Rob's in there. Oh, yeah. Um, well, just think, like a... Hmm. I think a good chunk of them is you're like, you should talk to these people. And it's like, Key. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I like I like it when friends do well. And I like helping friends help other friends. That's a thing that I like. And that's um, the whole point of this show is to, to boost our friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like I was, I was thinking about it because I was, like I said, I was listening. Um, I was catching up. I don't know when this started recording. I was listening to uh, Kristen's episode from a couple weeks ago, uh, more than a couple weeks now, um, a little while ago. Mm. And I was just like, I, I love this. Here's like this two, like the, the kind of kismet of like all the events that had to go into me finding Kristen on Instagram and us finding out that we both like D and D and us both deciding we're going to play D and D together. And then that campaign falling apart to her making her character and then staying and working with Jacob on Erda and meeting you guys through Mark and Cece, like all of the things that had to kind of come together to, to make that happen was just a really cool, like thought line um, mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. And that is the magical network of the geek community. I mean, I, I could take it one step further, and it's Midas bringing together mm-hmm. uh, Cece and Mark and me to play D anD D with him and his wife and their yeah. friend at their place at the, their place in Aventura. It's now it's like I look back on them I'm like, and now they're in Atlanta. And now they're in Atlanta, and, and I think they're more. like they knew they knew. Uh, Mark and Cece knew them through like a friend of theirs in college who we only, it was like, it's a whole, Ooh, it's a rabbit hole. If you're, <laughs> if you're a geek, you're gonna, you will find people like the communities oh, yeah. are so big and so small, like, especially yeah. localized. There's no, oh, yeah. there's no way around it. Yeah. Um, but so We're we, all a couple of degrees of separation from each other. Yeah. It's not <laughs> that it's not far at all. Um, but we had to ask around because our, um, our printer, is in Fort Myers. Oh and no. We didn't know if they were up and running. Um, and they are. They are. Uh, the oh, building good. seems to be up and running um, and having like those kinds of chats. So we're really just kind of waiting um, to get all the files together. And like we wanted, we're Floridians. We're all Floridians. We know what it's like post hurricane. We didn't want to like. Oh, hey, so we know your entire city is completely wrecked, but could you do this? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, like we wanted to wait a little bit, let it calm down, um, kind of let like real life job stuff get settled a little bit, because this is also the time of year when things tend to get a little bit hectic. Um, but uh, it's basically ready to go to print. So we'll have those probably, I'm hoping, if we do it like last time, we'll have that December, January. Uh, I know, and I can say this, because I asked specifically if I could have photos that I could share. And I can drop them in the Discord now that I'm thinking about it. You guys won't be able to see this. Um, make sure there's no spoilers in this. 
Um, we're already halfway done with the inking on issue three. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so we, we went back. We have uh, Ryan Best, our artist from issue one. He's back working with us again. Uh, we have a new colorist. We have our same letterer from issue two. Um, and we're, we're almost halfway done. And I'm, I'm excited for issue three, I have to say. I'm very, very excited. We've got a couple of... These are very out of context, and I think I even sent them backwards. I did. I did send them backwards. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at them here. Yeah. Very cool. My little kiddos. Um, so we're going to see a lot more of, like, home stuff. Um, I, I was, I'm trying not to spoil, because I know, like, the reveal is an issue, too, and I'm trying not to spoil issue three with issue two. Um, coming so close out. But we're seeing a little bit more of home life and... For me especially, it's very exciting to see more of Ben and Milo because we didn't see a lot of them in the tabletop game. Um, and so seeing them kind of fleshed out and getting to see... This is a real divergence point from the game for us. Um, I'm excited to see them and see more of them and see Ben in particular be a much more active character. Because... Oh. Um, Superhero comics, traditionally, mm -hmm. uh, love interests are not very... They're love interests. They're not characters kind of in their own right. Mm -hmm. and, and usually they're to die or get kidnapped. <clears throat> I wasn't going to Gil Simone that, but yeah, uh, you know... <laughs> Take your geek point. Thank you. <laughs> Wim women in refrigerators is the trope, right? That's, you yeah. know, re regardless of, of, who, of who that love interest is and... You know, the the game was about being a superhero. Right? That's that's mm -hmm. what it is. You're mm -hmm. you're an X-Man, you're an Avenger, you're a defender, I think someone was a defender for a while. You're working with Shield, you're working with Sword, you're not looking at the way this impacts daily life. Um but now we don't have to play by those rules. We get to make our own. <laughs> Um, so we get to see more of, of Ben. We get to see more of him as a character beyond being Anne's husband and being just the father or the brother-in-law of, of these characters. Because um, I don't know if we specify in issue one. Uh, issue two, I think we make it a little bit more obvious. Uh, Anne's husband is not a Chimeran. So he's surrounded by people with superpowers. And he's just... And he's just a normal guy. Um, and what that means when, you know, your wife can shoot fire from her hands and you, you find out what their son's ability is and you find out what her sister's ability is and you kind of find out that, oh, there's something up with his brother. Like, he's just surrounded by these super-powered individuals. What does that mean for him? And it's not awkward at all. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a little awkward, but I love... I love Ben, and I, I love him so much. I, do, I really do. I adore him. He's the best. <laughs> um, he, he is probably, if I put him and Anne in a room, like at a situation together, I actually think he would step up first. So a lot of the, all right, we're going to just like deep dive into the psychology of characters here for a second. Do it. Um, so when I played Anne at the table, obviously she had a code name, and a lot of that 
a lot of the duality that we talked about or we've started to kind of flesh out and explore came from her not feeling like herself unless she was wearing the mask. And where does Anne stop and where does Inferno begin? And what, what does this mean uh, for a character? What does this mean in your personal life? What is, you know, can you separate those two? And everything about that character at the table and, and with the dice and it was reactionary. She was never, she was never the first one jumping into the fight. She was always kind of held back and held back and scared of her powers and of like letting go and being herself. And that's never been the kind of character Ben was or is. He's always, we got to make this right. This is what's, this is the good thing to do. You know, what's right is, what's good is not always right. Is this good or is this right? And he's always about doing good. And he's just unapologetically good. And I love him Mm. so much. So we get to see more of him starting in issue three. And I'm very, very excited for that. That's very cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. It's, I love the, um, the way that through storytelling we get to have kind of these these analogs for what goes on you know in our life and the things that are going on in the world and it's interesting as you guys are telling this story um so much of this is is experience you know and and your your heart is in it through the game um but it is there's a lot of it that kind of is a lot of what's going on in the world right now and a lot of what people are struggling with right now and things like that and and that i think is where you really get to connect with your audience and and sometimes i think it happens just because we're all kind of connected to this fiber not necessarily because you're trying to find this analog yeah and it's thank you um you know i made i joined that game i was very very young i was 19 or 20 i think when i made Anne as a character when I started playing this game. Mm-hmm. So we've, yeah, it's, it's 15 years. It's a long time. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, the world like has I, changed. The world, the world has changed. And the way that, you know, struggle is struggle. It's hard. And it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 35 or 40 or 45. Like, it's, it's hard. And mm-hmm. what... What I've gotten out of superhero comics and what I've gotten out of comic books and, and all media, actually, and, and Sip and I were just having this conversation a little while ago, it's different now. I don't, I don't really need the what happens. I still love it, but I don't need what happens, you know, when Superman decides he doesn't want to play with kid gloves anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want the aftermath. I want to be in his head. Yes. I want I want that. What is the decision that makes you go against what you believed in, right? And like an inju- like I love injustice. It's great. Mm. I wanted to spend more time with Clark because there's a moment in like that prologue where he stops being Clark Kent and he just becomes the Superman. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I never felt like we spent enough time there. And I, I like that, that human moment of, of what it really, really means and, and why you sacrifice these things or why you fight for these things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the psychology yeah. behind this is, is there's, you can go so deep, 
so you know, deep. <laughs> it's just there's it's interesting. I, I there's a, a line that I quote quite often, um, and it's silly and it sounds really silly, but then you start to think about it in the context of the world uh, and superheroes and and how where that intersection is, and it's from The Incredibles. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. there's a there's a point in The Incredibles where they're doing the the like confessionals, the interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Incredible is sitting there and he's like, you know, sometimes I wish the world would just stay saved for a while. I mean, can't you just, I just cleaned up the place. And yeah, there's, yeah. This, in, there's this interesting thing. And it's like, you, the more you think about that, the more you think about uh, that, you know, that, that superhero mentality of it, we, we just fixed this and now there's some other idiot we have to fix. And it, yeah. in my own journey in life, kind of realizing that there's, the good and the bad live alongside each other. How, why can't something just be quiet for five minutes? Like, just right. just give you a breather. Like, we were, we were talking before stream. Like, it's been such an intense two years that, like, I, I don't know. Like, I've... This is so articulate. I'm sorry. I'm, whoever's listening to this later, I'm sorry. But, like, <laughs> we've all been basically hermits for almost two and a half years. Like, that's wild. Mm-hmm. And it changes everything, and it changes how we think about the world, and it changes how we approach the world mm-hmm. kind of permanently. Hopefully, right? Yeah, I hopefully. mean, or not hopefully, depending on, on, on what the particular outcome is. But Right? But it has, you know, collectively changed all of it. It has, it has changed the collective consciousness of the world and therefore yes. changed how we look at things like media and comics and, and the stories that we tell. And how we consume those stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been in a movie theater, I think, in what, what's, almost since Captain... No, I saw, I saw Endgame. I think Endgame may have been one of the last movies I saw in a theater. Wow. Like I have, no, I'm lie. I saw, I saw uh, Shang Chi, but that was it. That was it. <laughs> like that's it. I have not seen a single Marvel film in theaters. Like I, I it gives me anxiety. Like, I don't want to go in. Like I don't want to consume that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know people were talking about like superhero fatigue, right? Like, is there too much, um, superhero media? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that that's it. Um, at least, uh, well, it's, it's not for me. Sorry, this is a, this is a tangent, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, Do it. being a geek now is cool. Full stop. Okay. There, there's more, there's more geek content, nerd content, whatever, whatever flavor of it you like. Uh-huh. There's more content now <laughs> than there has ever been. Some nerdy voice actors. <laughs> Who sit around yelling at acrylic plastic dice. (laughs) Sell out movie theaters. Yep. To watch, so people can watch them play make-believe. That's wild. That's, that's, that's bonkers. Like, that's, that's so cool. Um, and I think that now there's, I don't want to say there's too much content, because I'd I'd never want to say that. But people can afford to be picky about the content that they consume. Yeah. So you don't have to see every single Marvel movie because there's never been superhero stuff before, right? Like, you don't have to watch every single Arrowverse show 
because there's never been quality throughput superhero television shows. You know, one of the biggest shows in the world right now is Stranger Things, mm-hmm. which is arguably a D&D game. Yep. Like, I, I can... I had a cousin who I've never, like, I've never spoken to them a lot, but they're an older cousin because Italians, right? Uh-huh. And they're like, do you know what Dungeons and Dragons is and would you teach it to me? Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, you asked so nice. Like, I gotta. I don't wanna, but I've, I feel like, like, I gotta, right? Like, I want right? more people in the hobby. I want, I want people to like this because the more people are in on it, then the more stuff we got. Yeah. Yeah. And the less likely is I gotta be the DM. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, more DMs. <laughs> more uh, yo, if 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 you're a D, if you're a tabletop player, I'm not gonna say just D and D because right, there's a bunch of different kinds of tabletop. If you're a tabletop no. player, ask. Even if you're not sure if you wanna try a one shot, give your DM a chance to be a player. It's super fun, and they immediately lose their minds and go completely feral. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the greatest gifts you can give to a DM is to say, you know what? I want to run a run shot so you can play. Yeah, right? Like it's it's super it's just so I ran that's one of the things I did over the pandemic is I our D&D group decided that we're basically just going to take turns seeing who likes DMing. Uh cool. and I I ran I I haven't done it since, but I ran a Taldore one shot. When oh, nice. Taldori Reborn came out. Mm-hmm. And half our group doesn't really critical role. And then the other half is me and me and Mark. Um, and Mark went a little feral when he made... Ca- the whole party did. I was like, you guys could have just been nice. You could have been easy. Nope. No. <laughs> no. Like, one of the players was like, oh, yeah, all this stuff from the Dwindalian Empire. And I'm like, I'm not on that campaign yet. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Crap! And then Mark's like, gave me the most perfect little tragic. I love him, and I'm like, well, now I don't know. Now I don't know what to do. His name. He's playing. I'm just gonna talk about it. He has a little swarm keeper kobold, mm. and his name is Taco. <laughs> I love it. And he just has a little voice. And he, he's, <laughs> and so Taco's backstory is that he was with a kobold raiding party, and they went to go raid this village, and he got left behind. And I don't remember if he was injured or or what, but he was basically nursed back to health by this young girl. And so now, like, that's his kobold family is this is this girl and her her family and their farm. And so he's gone adventuring to raise money to send them back so they can save their farm. And I'm like, that's so precious. And he's like, oh, yeah. And also, he's also, like, sticky all the time and covered with honey. And he throws bees at people. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> now, see, I, I don't feel so bad about that, that, the, the one session, the, the one shot I ran with you. I ran, you ran, that I was part of where I tried to have my character voice be uh, Matthew McConaughey the whole time. It was funny. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, I, I kind of challenged him. <laughs> okay, okay. I want I want to hear the story. 
So uh, Kayla and I now are running, we, we were doing a, the, the community organization, we're doing some, I, I do the learn to play D&D and Kayla does the one shot and the one session. I only had two players uh, to do the, to do the learn to play. And I think you guys, your one shot was still for first level characters. So I sat, I sat in with them originally. And yeah, we just did like a learn on the fly, and Joe was there to teach as we went, kind of a thing. Um, okay, that's awesome. But, Love it. But it was fun. So the next time uh, we come around, and we didn't have again. I think we we only had a couple, and so I went to sit between them, and she was like, "But you're gonna play," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." I I hadn't planned on it, so I kind of was looking through the. The pregens I brought, and I was like, okay, I, and I was like, I know it was the end of the first time when I was sitting between the two players, and she was like, next time this, if this happens again, you're gonna, you know, time you're like, because you you had made a Matthew McConaughey joke or done the all right, all right, or something like that, and I went, that's it, next session, you're playing and you're using that voice, (laughs) and uh, I believe I was a hill dwarf. A hill dwarf paladin. That's the best. Yep. Yep. And he was just. <laughs> the best. All right. All right. All right. Let's let's go take care of that scarecrow. Oh my god, I, it was hysterical. I love it so much, though. Like, <laughs> especially for a dwarf, though. And I don't know why, but like the fact that it was a dwarf makes it a million times better. Yeah, the swagger is just amazing. Like. <laughs> I mean, it also didn't help that, like, I think I was the, like, lone melee character or the lone person actually stepping into melee. Yeah, and everybody else was, like, ranged characters and spell slingers. Oh, it was I just, mean... like, just, like, walking up, like, well, I guess I'm going to have to fight this Scarecrow. Oh, <laughs> please don't hurt me, Mr. Scarecrow. It's... <laughs> I love oh. it. I love it so much. Like, I just... I just want more people to play d and I... I just, or or whatever flavor of tabletop, like yeah. yeah, absolutely. More role playing, I, more role playing, more I've role playing, got, more dice, more everything, just all of it. So just we do it. So, like I said, we've got this this monthly gig that Kayla and I do, and like next week, uh, I've I've started doing some more pro DMing, and uh, mm. next week, I uh, I am. Teaching a group of ten-year-olds how to play D and D. It's like the, I love it. Like four or five ten-year-olds and one of their dads. That was a very brave man. You're very brave. I. <laughs> you're incredibly brave. At but you're like training like the next generation of nerds. Yes. Like. Yeah. That's so cool. Like. I love that. Like it's it's gotten to where like I think both of us kind of see it as this is our responsibility to the next generation. I raised both of my boys to play D and D, and and to love geek culture and to be you know Star Wars fans, Lord of the Rings fans, and all that stuff. And my youngest is actually really funny. I was talking to my youngest right before my birthday, and uh, I said so I said something, and I was like, "Yes, because your mother's a nerd." And he was like, "Mom, you're not a really big nerd." And I went, "Excuse me." Like I was offensive. Question your nerdiness. I was like rude. 
did you i know he's a grown-ass adult but did you ground him like (laughs) he was he was challenging my nerdiness he was like mom i'm a bigger nerd than you are and i just like i i was so like i was just oh my god i can't believe that just came out of my son's mouth and also like i high-fived to myself like go me you know i taught him to be that one (laughs) that is the other that because that's the other that's the other side of it right like you you want the student to become the master like you want them to out nerd you yeah like yeah but also achieved that but yeah it was just it was so freaking funny for him he was like well you know i i play pokemon and i play more video games than you and you know i've got a 3d printer now and i'm printing my own minis and and i'm like you suck Okay, but that's like <laughs> okay. I don't like okay. Yeah, the 3D printer one. I was like, okay, well, Pokemon. Like, all right, sure. Like, I get it. But like, different kinds of nerd. The 3D printer and printing your own minis is is pretty intense. I'm not gonna. I'm, lie. I'm pretty. I'm pretty impressed with him for that one. Like, that you know, he's pretty. he's 25. He makes good money. His car's paid off, and he's got adult money he can play with. I'm so proud. That yeah. he chose in that moment of I have this adult money to start 3D printing D and D minis. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> having adult money is dangerous. I'm not gonna. Oh lie. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> all of it's all of mine's in dice. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I started, uh, and I didn't. So, like, the running joke is I'm a dice gremlin, right? Like, that's a running joke. I've accepted it. I've moved on. Like, I love the shiny click locks. They make my, my gremlin brain very happy. I'm, I'm down with this. I'm excited. I didn't realize, and it's not a problem, because that implies <laughs> I want to stop or that it's a hazard. But when I was unpacking everything, because I, I just moved, right? I didn't realize that I would just pack up my dice as I went. There was, like, no thought process in how I was packing things. So when I started unpacking them it was like oh here's a box of books and oh here's you know six bags of dice or two little pouches of dice and oh here's you know my cookware and oh i guess this set of dice slipped in here and then i've got a a d20 for my car that i had at the office and now there's now i just have a a bin of dice nice (laughs) and i'm not i'm not at the like will wheaton barrel of dice thing yet but I do think that I might be headed that way. You and I'm okay with happen. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I understand. Well, because, like, like, some of them are in bags, right? Like, so hmm. some of them are like, I've got a bag of hoarding, and then that wasn't enough. And then I had other bags, and I'm like, well, you know, I play a lot of champions, or I used to play a lot of champions. So, so you I, have dice. Yeah, I just have bricks of D6s. Just bricks. I think... Like I brick, like I've got an entire dice bag, and it's just d sixes. Wow. Yeah, it rough. It rough. I'm not allowed to use those anymore for rolling attribute scores. Um. <laughs> so that's actually kind of funny. Is that because they're too good, or is that because no, they, they fail? So, you? so Anne's dice are notorious. So Anne, as Inferno, I call them my Inferno dice. My Inferno dice are notorious for just rolling exceptionally well for no reason there's no reason there's no there's no voodoo i like to think it's because they knew that the guy that sold them to me was kind of a gatekeeping jackass and they're just making up for it okay 
That's what I like to think. Hey, um, you know, that works. Yeah. You know, and it's it's something you wanted because she was a DPS character. Um, by the way, if you've never played Champions, <laughs> there is really nothing more that like, makes you feel more powerful than rolling like 16d6 at one time. Oh, what? <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, oh, God, you, you feel like a superhero. Like, you really do. Um, but so we did a, so I, I, I wasn't using them for a while. I hadn't used them because we play online, right? Panini and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And Mark uh-huh. was like, I want to try an in-person game. I want it to be set in our homebrew setting. And I was like, yes, sure. Awesome. He's like, and you're going to roll your attributes. And I was like, cool. Awesome. I'll use my Inferno dice because <laughs> I never get to roll them. I just, I just miss them. And, you know, what are the odds that it's going to... Well, I asked the question. And so he made me take a six. Okay. He made me take the six because I ha- my, my rolls were too good. Oh, my God. My, my cleric has... As she's a human. No attribute modifiers. A 12. A 12. A 12. A 17. A 20. And a six. Oh, good lord. And we just also did a one shot and uh, marked a, a pay by a pay DM one shot with David Blue from Stargate Universe for my birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was very cool. It was very neat. I think we scared him a little bit because we also just went immediately fucking feral, missed the plot of the game. Slightly terrifying. Um, I didn't, I rolled my attributes and then I elected to do point by because I didn't roll under a 13. And I was like, maybe, maybe we just don't roll you for attributes anymore because you're a little busted. You're not allowed anymore. No No more. (laughs) No more. From now on, only sneak attack damage. That's it. That's, that's all you get. And Mark was like, why? And I was like, listen. They, the dice know what the dice like. They got, they got hobbies. And, and their hobby is arson. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> like, you didn't pick it. <laughs> I didn't pick it. That's just what they did. Like, it's what they do. Um, but we, we did try them once. And like, we, we did like the, are they weighted? No, they're Chessex dice. They're just a, it's just a Chessex brick. And um, we... After a while, when we were playing champions, we we were actively getting distressed, and just those dice roll. I think we we found out like seven or eight points average on higher than like a like what statistically should be average. So they're just they're my, they're my babies. So so you got your own version of the golden snitch. I have my own golden snitch. If I if I bring <laughs> up my inferno dice, geek point. Uh, <laughs> I understood that reference. I got it. Good girl. <laughs> I knew you would. No. I am such, I'm such a critical role. I, oof. Oh, I know you, that you will always get my critical role references. Are you guys caught up on campaign three at all? Or, or? I am. I am. I'm Joe not, is not. Oh, okay. No spoilers, but holy shit. Right? God damn. <laughs> These yeah. have got me stressed. It's insane. Yeah, it's a whole different type of campaign for them. And it's really, really interesting. And it's super cool and like very raw and real. (laughs) Did you watch the uh, Matt Mercer and um, uh, Mulligan um, DM like sit down 
that they the had round together. Table? The round no, table, yeah. I haven't that with yes. a Bria. Yes. I, uh, the, I the one that was with Bria, yeah, it was it's Bria, Matt, and and Mulligan. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list because I was just like, I want so EXU is happening just as I was like getting ready and prepped to move. And I'm like, I don't want to have, cause I was staying with my mother at the time. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to explain to my mother why I'm openly sobbing. Cause I heard it was going to be super hecked up. Right. Cause it's the calamity. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I don't want to explain to my very non nerdy mother and my very like, doesn't get it stepfather. Why I'm sobbing openly at the calamity. Cause I just don't, I can't explain to them why that's um so I hadn't seen it. I didn't want to watch it until I saw EXU. Because I, okay, I gotcha. knew there was gonna be spoilers. Uh-huh. Um but <sighs> <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, it's super, it's... super insane and really cool. And they're doing so much amazing stuff. It's like I'm I'm almost to the point where I can't keep up with them. I I am, I'm so, I'm like, I'm objectively fascinated. I love your, I love your tattoo. I'm so, ex- I like, I was like, yes, get the gremlin tattoo. Get, get that D20 tattoo. Um, I, I'm so fascinated uh, at the way, not just Critical Role, but Adventure Zone and also mm-hmm. um, Dimension 20. Oh my God, uh, Dimension 20. Abria is so relatable and I just... I love her so much. I love her so much. <laughs> like legit crush. Like she is. Uh, but I, I, I just want to hug her. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. She. I want to hug her. But like, I. I want. Uh. I, I would love to have the fantasy high group. Oh my god. Just, just to play with them because they like. Oh my god! I. I am. I. I am so in love with how. They embody those characters so well. Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> when when Amy Carrero busted out the oh yeah, if you flip over an alligator, it yes. just goes like <laughs> I died. Cause like it never because she's also she's also a South Florida kid. She yes. she went to FIU and it never occurred to me for some reason that that's just not like a fact that people live with. Right? Like, doesn't everybody know that? <laughs> yeah. So I saw that I was watching it and I was like, Oh yeah, seems perfectly logical. And then Abria was like, no, that is not a thing. And I was like, Oh, Oh honey, you're about to find out so much nonsense. <laughs> we will break out our Florida lore. Right, because Matt's from Florida too. Because Matt's from Florida too. Just <laughs> like, oh, you, you poor, you poor woman. You don't, you just, you, you don't know. You just don't know. Um, but the way they're kind of building this, they're, they're well, first they're bridging the community right between the three. I'm waiting for them to get like to sync up with somebody from Adventure Zone. I don't know too much about Adventure Zone, other than they have really beautiful dice but that's <laughs> well that's a different that's i mean different thing. i mean dimension 20 they did a a, a McElroy adventure so he did they did that thing that's also on my list to watch yeah. i haven't seen the fey one yet either i've seen the clips on tiktok but i haven't watched it yet i'm just like oof oof i because the, the unsleeping just... city was actually really good too 
I'm gonna write that down because I want to watch that. That was uh, Dimension Twenty as well. Okay. Um, it, it's almost driven me to the point of like, I guess I should order Dropout, like, because otherwise I just tease myself what they publish on on YouTube and. Yeah, and, and that's been like the other thing is I want. Do I want to pay for another service? But do I want more D and D and and it just oh I'm gonna have to eventually mm-hmm. like I know it. And I told I told Mark that this was going to be the problem. I was like, you're going to get me into Critical Role, and then it's going to be my whole personality, and then I'm going to find everything else, and and then that's just it. That's I'm just going to be a little gremlin. This is how we live our lives. This is how I live my <laughs> life. <laughs> and like, especially like during the pandemic, right? Like everyone's separated. So like, I don't know if we talked about this in the, the last time you were on. Our our D&D group started online, so we were a remote group already, and we were very, very small. And then, so, and we started, I want to say, in, like, November or December of 2019. It's, so like, right before the pandemic started. So that when everything went into lockdown, we kind of were able to maintain the group, which is incredibly rare, and we were incredibly lucky mm-hmm. about that. But it offered that kind of, like, we, here's, like, that one thing that hasn't changed. Here's that that one bit of quote unquote normal for this group of friends. We can still every other Friday sync up and do this, and it's always been remote, so that's never like that's it, it was just nice. Um, but the downside of that is, you know, when when you take breaks because life happens, mm-hmm. and that stability is then suddenly gone after having that stability. It's like, well, now I have to watch Critical Role, get into the adventure zone, get into Dimension 20 to kind of get that that normal bit back, right? And what you gotta, and it's especially especially EXU, so especially I don't want to say just EXU, but especially Abria's Tables, Mm -hmm. and the chaos that seems to follow that poor woman (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Yeah, she kind of is a magnet for it, isn't she? (laughs) Because I saw the the um, the not Harry Potter, I, I did mm-hmm. see um, the first the first episode of that, and I was like, no, it, so it's not it's not the Critical Role crew. It's just you. It's whatever chaos is. It's attracted to you. Yeah, she has I, such incredible energy. I I think a lot of it is also is she is very much in that yes and let's give it let's let's give that a shot and you know. That just breeds. That just that just breeds chaos. Chaos in it just goes. Oh, the door is open. Please bring your chaos here. Sure, why not? Like, yeah. let's go. And it, it's you know it's it's so seeing Abria. I think uh, is at, well. So watching Abria do EXU was the thing that made me want to do the Taldori one shot because mm-hmm. I love Matt Mercer. Right, Matt's brilliant. He's mm-hmm. wonderful, and but he's very polished and he's usually very stoic and i haven't seen too much of mulligan but he seems very kind of the same to a point but he also he He can go nutball yeah yeah like (laughs) like especially in the dimension 20 stuff like there was something where like one i can't remember which i think it was the unsleeping city and like they completely derailed his like a, a, a not the big bad but a, a a bad and he was just like yeah yeah good going guys 
all this work, all this preparation. God, <laughs> no, no, you know, it wasn't the Unsimi City. It was the, uh, was it Blood Keep? The one that Matt was one of the players. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and, and, and they did something and, and just completely took out the the one of the bad guys and he was like yeah no don't worry about it that's just all this you know it's just but uh yeah but he he's very polished he's got a million voices um yeah uh, but abria's got this like this i don't know there's something about her energy and something about the way that she the like you said the let's go like i want yeah. that on a shirt because that's like it, it started to annoy me for a while because she said it all the time and then i was like wait this is her yeah. just leaning in and leaning in and leaning into everything that she does. And I love that so much. And I've taken that on myself in a lot of the DMing that I do. Um, I'm not the greatest with the rules sometimes. Sometimes I have to flub stuff. But like just having that like, yeah, let's go. Yes. And just make it happen. You want to do that? Let's do it. Let's figure it out. And I love the way she just kind of rolls her shoulders up to everything that she encounters. Yeah, and I I love it, and I know so like Mark's because because Mar- like most of my experience with gaming has been with Mark, and Mark is also as a as a DM is very stoic, um, and then he emotionally destroys you for weeks on end. But so having that kind of like energy, and like I've never, and I don't know what it is, I don't know how this had never happened. I do, but I don't. I had never seen like another woman or a femme presenting person. DM and then to have that like yeah okay fuck it sure you're gonna roll an alligator like and she, she's just so expressive and so she's clearly having like a lot of she's no poker face no <laughs> none like she's no poker face and I was just like I love it it's great like this this is the kind of, of DM I would I would be and so I was like in the back of my brain, I'm like, oh, I have to like, you know, make sure they can't, you know, figure out what I'm doing. And like, no, no, that's not it at all. I can just be expressive and, and do this nonsense. And my yep. group thanked me by becoming immediate, like little feral. Honestly, the most normal one was Sip. And that's only because Sip is always a little feral goblin. Like, that's it. I was like, why? <laughs> why? Um, why are you like this? Why are you like this? I Every love you, but again. why are you like this? Yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's all great. They're all great. I, I just want more D and D content. I just want more nerd content. Mm-hmm. We've got more indie comics. We've got more indie novels. We've got more. We're getting a D and D movie. Yeah, which got. Which got delayed, which is the most on-brand thing I've ever heard for D&D. Right? I mean, it's just a scheduling. They had a, it's a scheduling, scheduling, they had a scheduling thing. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I love it. I know it's like actual, like real-world, legit stuff, but I, I want to believe. It's yeah, just no, part every, of their marketing. Every D&D player is going. Yes, we understand. How about next Sunday? Um, we, can, we, can, we can do it. It's fine. Yeah, we got to. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh. <sighs> Um, this is kind of a left turn, but since you are, are so immersed in kind of this uh, 
the the world of character building and all of that i'm i'm curious to hear you talk about uh we're talking about how the pandemic and more people playing D and we've all got adult money and there's we're we're saturated with marvel movies and all of this stuff and i, I to me my little brain because i love to get into the minds of people um yes <laughs> i have found in the people that i talk to and it's interesting because because of the thrift shop and because we're in a college town i get to talk to a lot of college students mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them are geeks and D&D players and gamers and all of that stuff. And I've noticed that there's this shift towards understanding the self as part of character creation and playing characters. And I notice people being more and more contemplative and understanding of the the nuances of their characters and then kind of reflecting that back on themselves. And because, our, you know, the characters that we play very often have something of us in them. Very much. Um, and and I'm seeing so much more of this. Like, I can tell someone that I'm talking to right away if they have, have done role playing just by how they they have a grasp on their own psychology and how their own brain works and how they are navigating through life and things like that. Have you, is that something that you've experienced kind of in, because I know you do a lot of online stuff too. Have yes. you seen that kind of elevate elevation? Yes. A hundred percent. I won't name him because I don't know how active he is online. Um, but one of the players in our group actually, um, his the way he's especially been approaching it um, has been kind of dissecting either his privilege or uh, home situation stuff and like actively making characters to kind of use it as a way to reflect a lens back on himself. And it's fascinating mm-hmm. um and yeah i th- i think so i think it's a combination right one we've all been stuck inside for two and a half years and it's it's just you know we don't have anything else to do but but think right um but there's a whole like new wave of i think players and storytellers and ways to access these tools and these thoughts because it used to be you know you had a group and that group kind of existed in a vacuum unless you were hanging out with other groups at a nerd store or at like an event or something because you were there. What you didn't have the internet, right? It wasn't there. It didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Or now you're just like bombarded all the time with this stuff. And I'm just going to give a quick example. Cause I, I, I love this character. Um, one of the, when we started playing, it was like just after the me too movement. Okay. And he was really, really distressed about, um, you know, the, the kind of the privilege that he has. He's like, I, I don't think I've ever done this, but like, or, or made anyone uncomfortable or anything. Uh, but now kind of reassessing his, his ability to kind of walk in and out of situations without realizing that it could have been uncomfortable or he could have like anything. Right. Um, so he has a, a necromancer, which Typically not super great, like, you know, aesthetic-wise. Yeah. And the way that he does it is he won't summon, like, his unseen servants or his little followers just por gusto, like, at random. He actually will go and approach churches or, like, hospitals within the towns that we're staying at. And get consent from the family. There's a contract. He like 
compensates them and like will like help carry out last wishes, make sure that the families are paid, you know, and it's like this will only be for X amount of time. And like there's like a whole legality to it. And it's wow. Yeah, it's really a cool way of like looking at a character. Um, and when he like turned around and did the Taldori one shot with me, he has a really long commute. And so he doesn't always get to see his wife and his kid. And he's just like, so his character, he's like, you know, I want to kind of, I know this is having an impact on me. And he's like, and maybe, and I know D&D is not therapy, but I want to kind of explore how this is really affecting my mental state. And so like his character was um, an artificer who had come over from Wildmount into Taldore and was sending money back to his family because he couldn't get work. And that that stress of being away from them. And I was like, this is such a cool way to kind of explore things and talk about things. And also having those like established boundaries, right? Because you can kind of remove yourself at any point and say, okay, well, this is getting too too much. I want to step away now and go back and reflect on on what it is that you've been encountering like it's it's really cool i know i've done it a lot uh poor mark um (laughs) poor mark um but no it's this and it's this huge i don't know if you guys are on twitter a lot i'm on twitter a lot um you know well while twitter is still twitter um right for the next however long it is it's (laughs) it's been a real dumpster fire over there Um, but there's like a lot of people that are apparently like working out issues and reflections and, and you're right. Like, cause they're all facets of even before I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this, even before, like I knew I was actively doing it. There was always like something unconsciously like, Oh, I made Callie and this is her backstory. And I didn't know Callie is a bad example. Um, so I had a ranger, let me like, rewind. I made a ranger a couple years ago for a campaign that I was playing in with a coworker, and there was some stuff going down with my family, and I was just like, I need to figure out if I like D and D because I like D and D, and if I like role playing and all of these these things because I like them, or if because I just like them because I've grown up around them. That was it was a really right. important thing for me to know, and so I made a ranger who is just. She's just a ranger standard character. Um, but her father was an adventurer and taught her to be an adventurer. And so her whole life she had grown up thinking, well, I'm going to be an adventurer. And as soon as I am old enough, I'm going to join an adventuring guild and I'm going to be in a party and I'm going to do this thing. And what happens when you finally do that? What happens when you finally like, oh, I did the thing. Mm. Shit, now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. I think anyone and, that, that has that inkling to follow in their parents' footsteps goes through that. Yeah, and so that initially started off as a fun kind of homage to like, oh, I used to play with my dad, and this is how I got into it. And as I was playing, I was like, oh, this is really me figuring out if this is the hobby I want to have, if this is the thing I want to sink my emotional and mental energy into? And the answer is yes, thank God, because I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't want to be finding another hobby at this point in my life. Right? Um, is, we are in very deep at this point. I'm, I'm I, got, very I got a lot of books on a, on a bookshelf behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me tell you, if I had walked out of that situation and been like, you know, all those Forgotten Realms books, all those Dragonlance books, fuck them. I don't, I don't really know what I would have done, I got to say. <laughs> I, I really don't. Cause... I got this Greyhawk gaz gazetteer here. What am I going to do with this now? <sighs> right? Like, therapy. <laughs> Geek point for Greyhawk, because also, <laughs> oof, goddamn. Like, like, hot damn. Fuck. Like, so I, mean, I think, yeah, we're seeing a lot of people, I think, especially after 2020, are like, yeah. This is this is a thing. We're we're exploring something here. Um, but a large part of the community, I also gotta say, uh, mostly because I don't let bullshit gatekeeping on my pages, um, have been really like we're all kind of going through it together. Yeah. We're all kind of having that that realization of, oh shit, I gotta work something out, and and talking about how to one D and D is not therapy, right? Full stop. D and D is not therapy. Yeah. Um, that said, Mark did take a D&D as therapy course. <laughs> like he paid somebody who was a psychologist and a lot of the um, the people in the course with him were psychologists who were using D&D as a tool for therapy. And so wow. that was a really cool concept that 15 years ago would not have existed. Five years ago probably wouldn't have existed. Mm -hmm. Um. But setting up those safety tools and having things like the consent form is yeah. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, we never had one before. This is the first, the campaign we're playing now is the first time we've ever used one. Um, and they're important. And, and working through that is, I don't know, it's really cool. I like it. I like it when, when my fandoms and my hobbies and my communities are not dumpster fires. Right? The, the elevation of the collective consciousness that is what we're doing in role-playing is incredibly fascinating. You know, and and not, think, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was saying not just the role-playing, just the, 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 the elevation of we want BIPOC creators, we want mm -hmm. LGBTQIA plus creators in our space, we want to actively work towards making this game more inclusive. Amen. I love it. I love it. You know, I don't mini soapbox. I'm so sorry. Do it. I don't understand this position of I got bullied for this. I was made fun of for this. I want to exclude somebody from this space because this was done to me. I don't understand it. No sense. We we yeah. know what it's like to be left out or picked on or to have our hobbies laughed at. And I do not understand now that we have all of this stuff and all of this really great creative energy, why you would want to leave anybody who has a genuine interest in any hobby or any community, whether it's D&D, Star Wars, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Pick a nerd property, any nerd property. Percy Jackson's getting a new damn TV show. Like, how could yeah. you not want to share that? Mm -hmm. Isn't that yeah. like the whole thing? Like you, especially in the, in the tabletop communities, like it's all about telling stories. How do you not want to tell more stories with more people? Yeah. I don't get it. I, I love it. I love all the energy. <laughs> I love all the, 
the the homebrew content we're seeing. I love all these new initiatives to see the Southeast Asian representation. And I I love it. I love it so much. It's so exciting. It's so it, cool. It is. It's incredible. If you get a chance mm-hmm. on, I think it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watched, was it Netflix? I don't remember. I think I'll, I'll send it to you later. But there is a documentary. It's like a mini doc. on. Okay. Uh, it's specifically promoting Wakanda Forever. Okay. Yeah. I'm in, I'm the, right? I think it was on Hulu. <laughs> It was on Hulu, um, but it it takes it from the perspective of not only like honoring Chadwick Boseman and all of that stuff, um, but on the elevation of these two incredible cultures. Oh my god! And, and like, ah, oh, yeah. They and they the 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 commentary on the costuming and the cultivation of tradition and the the cultivation of culture that was so carefully and lovingly brought to the first film and then to this one subsequently is just I was in tears through the whole thing and it's so incredibly beautiful to see all of that stuff uh honored in the way that it was and and like i said very lovingly and very carefully cultivated um and i feel like that is kind of the energy that a lot of us are bringing to role playing in general and i i love i love that they've pivoted and i i have not looked up a single thing for wakanda forever so forgive me if i've i've not figured out or if i've not uh remembered the name atlantis isn't atlantis anymore no. It's Atlantis, but it's been given its own culture. And all they've done is pivot it to be more Mesoamerican yeah. than this historically classical Greek story. That's it. Same story. And just that slight pivot. And we have this whole new richness to explore. And we have so many more layers of storytelling and people to get involved. And it's just wonderful. It's it's so wonderful. I'm yeah, how so could excited. we not want to share that with the world? Like, yeah, I I don't know how you could. I don't. I really don't. Like, I don't. I don't get it. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love everything that's happening. I'm so excited. I will say, Wakanda Forever is probably going to be the first one that I see in the theaters because I yeah. I desperately yeah. want to see that and big screen, big screen and. You know, the thing about this is like a half a thought that I had the other day about um, we get to be picky now. We we get to be a little more selective with the with the um, material that we engage with, you know, and you always have the option to not engage with material mm-hmm. always so that when you do decide you're going to engage with something, it's going to make a bigger impact. So like. Maybe not every Marvel show is going to be a big hit. It probably is. It's still going to do numbers. It's still going to make money because it's Marvel. But going out to that premiere, making sure like you get to, to do that and have that impact. And you're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe Multiverse of Madness wasn't my thing. I haven't seen it. Um, because I just haven't seen it. It doesn't matter. I don't owe the internet an explanation for that. No, you don't. <laughs> but... <laughs> If I want to go see Wakanda Forever five times in theaters, that's going to tell them, oh, we need more of this content. This is the thing that Mm -hmm. we want. And that's how you get more content is you support the projects that are important to you. Yeah. 
we get to be thoughtful about what we engage with yeah. is I think the perfect way of saying it. It's something that I was having a discussion with someone because they were talking about streaming services um, mm -hmm. and how we have all of these different streaming services and it's just like cable again. And I went, uh-uh, it's not because <laughs> we get to choose what we watch and when. Whereas when, you know, back in the day when we had cable, yes, we had a million channels, but we were still kind of slave to whatever the network put on. Yeah. Now and we get to have direct input. Yeah. Into and what it's, we watch and when. And it's a conversation like Sip and I have on when I say the regular, I mean at least once or twice a month. Like, because he's still in that very much, it's a superhero show. I got to watch the superhero show because if I, if I don't watch the superhero show, then they're not going to make the superhero show and I need my superhero fix. And I got it. And I get it. And I'm like, but we don't have to anymore. Arrow stopped being good. So I yeah. stopped watching Arrow. The Flash got weird. So I stopped watching The Flash. Mm. Period. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Daredevil person. So I didn't watch Daredevil, and that's not that. That's not the point. Like it's, it still was really great. It's a really great show. It's just not my particular cup of tea, and it's okay. That's okay. That's that's not everything has to be tailor-made for me to be consumed right. i'm gonna say that again not everything has to be for me all the time right amen mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it wrong for someone else exactly yeah. exactly that that's like a conversation caleb and, ha and i have been having about andor mm -hmm. and it's like i like it because it reminds me of all those like 70 spy movies that i grew up watching and Kayla, I can tell she's that's not. I am. I am not as enthusiastic about Andor as and I am. A, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and and I am. I am a rabid Star Wars fan but in a lot the, of ways. But it's the least Star Wars property. Like it, it's the least Star Wars feeling property that you know. And, and just, the... yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't hooked me yet. It hasn't. Like, we're not all the way through it, but I, it is not, I am not as, I got to get to the next episode, I got to watch, I got to watch it as, as others. And at first, I kind of felt guilty about that. I felt almost like I was embarrassed to say it. Like, I'm a Star Wars fan, therefore I must love Andor. Yeah, and it's, like, I, I didn't watch Boba Fett, because I don't, and th this is, this is my Star Wars toxic trait, I don't care about boba fett or like i don't okay yeah and that's okay right but you say it with that like yes I don't, yes I don't you like do. it. I, i'm sorry i don't like it and it's like no you can like the ip overall you can love star wars and and not be particularly interested in one aspect or another right i'm not a big uh i didn't watch um clone wars right. i i'm trying to watch clone wars and i just couldn't get into it but then joe introduced me to Wait, I cannot take, you cannot give me full credit. Will, our, our absent dear friend. Yeah, Will, yeah, Will pushed around Rebels too. Yeah. I just want to make yeah. sure that credit's being given. Will, <laughs> Fair. 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 We love you, we miss you. Um, yeah, and, and I, I watched it and I was like, okay, this, this is my jam. I can, I can get into this, you know. I am someone that really, really liked Ewoks in the Battle of Endor. I have Most an Ewok cat too, so I mean... <laughs> This is why we're friends. This is why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great. Yes, but how did you feel about the caravan of courage? Not was, as much as Battle of Endor. 
I found a copy of it on DVD when I was packing my stuff. The Geek Point. That's the Geek Point. Yes. <laughs> it's it's sitting in my garage right now, which is I don't have a DVD player, but I have it. It's sitting there. Well, um, we have a couple of DVD players in the shop if you want to grab one when I'm you like, come down. <laughs> good to know. I might do that because I have I have a ton of DVDs and I'm just like, I don't really watch these, but I don't want to get rid of them because they're my babies. Yeah. yeah um, and yep. some, regardless of screaming, there's some stuff you just can't find. Yeah. And, you know, so like I love Stargate. And mm. one of the things that's always, I know is always going to be hard to do is get my hands on Stargate. Always. Period. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that it ran for you know three hundred plus episodes of television and and was the longest running consecutive sci fi show on TV for a couple years. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, it's really hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Um, but anyways. To- but did you love all of Stargate? Or- <laughs> <laughs> See, I so like I like Stargate. I. Just kind of missed out on parts of it. Oh, so the Stargate that I like connected into was Stargate Universe. We're gonna bam. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I understand. I I got I got hooked to the bad part. So Stargate is effectively. I think that it I just written nominal. That came from so I'm going to actually to the cash to do live like the online and all tweet, and that's actually why I joined her. That kind of nerdy Stargate on the whole is a fascinating, I think, that in the evolution of it, it's like 17 years across two and at the evolution of. Science fiction television mm-hmm. over the course of like two decades. You SG one is very episodic, oh, yeah. especially the early years. There's not a lot of overarching plot. It's very planet of the week, monster of the week. Oh yeah, shit, we have a plot. Let's get to that. And then whatever weird choices they make at the very, very beginning, you're saddled with. I remember reading, fast forwarding. 15 years to Stargate Universe, you have a mostly different writing crew. I think the creators are still the same. It's still Brad Wright. I think John Glasner was gone by then, but Brad Wright and um, I forget the other guy's name uh, are still involved. They're not the the show creator. They're not the um, showrunners. I I could be wrong. So if I am wrong, internet, I'm sorry. You can fact check me. I remember reading that when they pitched Stargate Universe to sci-fi, what they pitched was the finale. And they oh, said, this is, how, this is how long we need. We can do it in this, but ideally what we want is five seasons. We can do it in like two or three, but let us know. But this is the question we're asking, and this is the answer we're giving. Wow. So, yeah. And I was, so you get to the end of season two, and I'm sorry, the show's been off the air now for like 10 years, guys, so I'm sorry for the mm-hmm. spoilers. You get to the end of season two, it's a huge cliffhanger, not only for what's happening with the characters, there's, they're all in uh, the stasis pods, except for uh, Eli, who's played by David Blue. 
he has like two weeks of oxygen to fix his his escape pod or else he's going to die and everyone's going to wake up in three years. But they're also, they know now the purpose of the ship is to find out there's a recording, there's a, there's a, a signal at the center of the universe that the ancients were going to, they sent the ship out to find out like what's there. And that, that's it. They're, they're talking like meaning of life stuff. And I'm like, the way sci-fi canceled them was such goddamn bullshit. And this is the one thing I'm going to, I'm going to die mad about it. Um, Every other, every other property I've ever loved that has gotten canceled or been mistreated, I will get over, you know, I try and find the positive spin. Okay. So like we got 13 episodes of Firefly and we only got 13 episodes. But they're perfect, right? We got the movie. We got to meet these characters. I'm going to die mad about Stargate Universe. Okay. Here's why. So Stargate Universe was not affected by the writer's strike because they did their writing a little bit differently Mm -hmm. than most of the shows. They were done, wrapped. So normally when you have shows like this, you you kind of have like a big break in the middle and they filmed kind of off season so that when they wrapped for Christmas or for the holidays, they were wrapped with the season. That was it. They were done. Normally they'd have like a hiatus around the holidays and they'd go back and they'd finish the last like five to 10 episodes that used to be normal. I don't know if it still is. So they're on the way to the cast party. We know this because Twitter allows us into the lives of people that maybe we should, we maybe gives us a little too much insight into what we should be doing. Uh, so the cast are going to the cast party. They're at the rap party. And on the way to the rap party, right? Because they are completely done. They've, they have filmed the final episode of the season. Sci-Fi announces via Twitter that they are canceling Starry Universe, period, full stop. And that is how the bulk of the cast and the writing crew found out was on Twitter. Holy shit. And then sci-fi did not allow them to come back and fix their, their finale. So with Stargate Atlantis, which was the previous one, right, they found out a couple episodes before the end of it that they were going to get the cancellation, and they were allowed to kind of real quick rewrite, refilm the last couple episodes to make it kind of wrap up. Um, and then going into the end of uh, Atlantis and Universe, this has been a very long story about the history of Stargate that no one really gives a shit about but me, but I just talked to David Blue, so like it's really exciting for me. Um, where they're like, oh, no, you know, Universe, it's so good. You guys have such good standing. You know, the they had changed the nights. They got, they got moved out of Friday, which historically, Friday... Most networks is really, really bad, but for, but for sci-fi does really well because you have the Friday night sci-fi block where it's SG-1 or SGA or SGU and Battlestar Galactica or Alphas or Warehouse 13 or whatever really great sci-fi show that they have that they always wind up canceling, right? Caprica. And then Caprica, BSG, um, I will, Sanctuary. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I'm giving you yes. a key point for Sanctuary because oh, that was a man. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt too. And they also canceled that on a man. I, I was just like, so now I don't trust the Sci-Fi Channel. Is the long and the short of that story is I will die mad about Stargate, and I don't trust the Sci-Fi Channel, um, because of this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they were told the whole season because the numbers were starting to go. They moved them to like a Tuesday. People got lives on Tuesday. I can't stay up till two in the morning to watch Stargate Universe. I did, but I didn't. I, I had things to do. Like, it's not, it's not the same, guys. Yeah. And they had been told, like, don't worry, we're going to get the pickup or, you know, we're going to try and do like a movie so you can wrap up all three series and have like a giant crossover movie. Never happened. And it's just like... I just, 300 plus episodes. I just wanted the closure. That's it. That's it. I just wanted the closure. Um, But SGU was, I I personally think, was going to be the best of them. It had a plan. It had a lot of forethought. It was really looking to build and, like, decisively wrap up threads and threads and threads of storytelling and the actors were all Ming-Na was on that show and Ming-Na Wen and she she played such a hard ass yes she was so good and Robert Carlyle's on that show and then oh yeah everybody on that show was phenomenal and I just and heartbreaking and I know a lot of people really had a problem with how slow it was in the front the first season. But I love that they took the time to really say like, hey, these are going to be the problems that we know come from being on a spaceship in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. We're going to address them now so that later we can build on them. And you're not going to have to answer. We're not going to ask these questions because we've already answered them. And it just, it breaks my heart. It, it's been oh, 10 yeah. years and it still breaks my heart. It just, yeah, no, it's, I, I am right there with you with, you know, it was just like, I was getting into this and like, I was like, okay, now, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll at the time Netflix was, you know, sending me, you know, I, that's how I was getting DVDs. I was like, I will start, mm-hmm. you know, getting the net, I'll get, start getting the DVDs for, you know, the other star. And then it was just like, went to turn it on and it was like, what? Or. It was gone. Yeah, or or I was I was a huge huge Battlestar Galactica the the reimagined and then I got was getting into Caprica and then it was like they took the hiatus and then like they changed nights and didn't really even like if I didn't have a D, if I my cable box didn't have a DVR I wouldn't have mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known it was a different night yeah and, they and, didn't and, advertise it they didn't yeah. tell you and then it was gone and then it was gone. I and it's yeah. No, what else I'm, it, I'm on the same hill with you. The, the the folks behind sci-fi are are not to be trusted. They are not to be trusted. I I do not trust them. Like just full stop. It's like, oh, I want to watch that. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm gonna wait like three years, <laughs> and then when they cancel it, I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause you cause you know you know what's coming. Like, oh, this is getting really <sighs> good. Now they're now they're, yeah. Oh, my heart. I don't uh, understand that. I don't think I'll ever understand that. And it's just some of them, almost all of the like really incredible, really thoughtful, really intelligent shows, especially sci-fi kind of shows. Mm-hmm. For some, I don't know. Like there's a disconnect between those of us that are watching them and loving them and these people sitting in their offices that uh, probably don't even understand exactly what this means 
And we lose them over and over again. You know, like you mentioned, you know, most notoriously Firefly. um, I threw an absolute fit when they canceled The Dark Crystal, the series. Yeah. It was one of the most incredible things on television. It was one of the most beautiful things I had ever seen come out of that genre one season. What? So... So I have I have a couple like arm like armchair quarterback theories on like what's happening and why we're starting to see these kinds of shifts. And and I think one of the I think Star Wars is the good example to kind of like look at, right? Okay. So so the Andor example, right? Mm-hmm. Andor is the least Star Wars Star Wars out there. And I've heard multiple people independently describe it that way. Because mm-hmm. Star Wars doesn't have to be Star Wars anymore. Star Wars can be a smuggling show. Star Wars can be a war movie. Star Wars can be and just lend the IP to whatever subgenre it feels it needs to be. It doesn't have to be a space fantasy anymore, right? Right. Right. Where people are still afraid, like, oh, I can't, if I make a fantasy show, it has to stay a fantasy show. But then they get scared, the networks, or they they try and, like, keep it on, like, oh, it has to perform as well as, like, Locking Key or Unfortunate Events or whatever the hell else is on Netflix. And if it doesn't hit these metrics without looking at any of the other metrics of, like, okay, well, but there is no other show like The Dark Crystal, for better or for worse, right? There's no other show like it. So, of course, you can't really measure it against anything else. And then they get scared and they go... It's gone now because mm-hmm. it's not performing for a standard we didn't have. And it's That's like, a good well, point. right? Like, it's like, and it, it used to be almost exclusively sci fi shows. Like, when you look at like the, the TV networks, mm-hmm. and so Fox, I don't trust Fox at all either because Fox fucked oh, up no, my X Men. Yeah. Fox, fuck Fox. Fox also, and I had completely forgotten about this until after I saw Firefly. They had another really cool, very forward thinking sci-fi program in the 90s was brilliant that they had no idea what to do with and canceled called sliders yes i don't know if yes. i you you ju- i was just thinking it was like you know what they fucked up they fucked up sliders, sliders. and you know what's never gotten a reboot that totally deserves it and don't anybody do it because i definitely have a series <laughs> uh pitch deck sitting in my google drives is sliders yeah. yeah and if you made sliders today it'd be oh a God. totally different ballpark well, I was just going to say to you is being a fan of Sanctuary or, or at least have, having seen Sanctuary, mm-hmm. they did all that, all that with green screens because they were, mm-hmm. you know, I've, that was one of their big thing was like they didn't pr- have big sets. They were they were I think it they was were, all green screen, but they were carbon neutral because they weren't building sets and tearing down sets and doing all that. Think about what that show would be like if they had the fucking vault. I yeah. was just going to say the invention yeah. of the vault may actually change that a little bit in the long run um Mm -hmm. one of one of my like so much my heart shows uh that got canceled prematurely was sense8 oh sense8 was good too so good um and and their thing was it was the budget because they were filming literally all over the world yeah um warehouse 13 i believe was also not totally green screen it wasn't as carbon neutral as right. as sanctuary, but it was also mostly green screen. 
And yeah. I'm just like, guys, you have all these really, just give them the budget. Yeah. We're, we're nerds. We'll, we'll pay for it. I don't, like, I, I got Disney Plus so I could watch Star Wars. Right? Give me my shows. Like, it's very, it's very simple. Like, if you have the thing that I want to watch, I will pay you for it. I do not care. Uh-huh. Like, I, mean, I mean, go back to our earlier conversation of, I, I mean, it's, it's five something a month for Dropout, but they got right running and, 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 and Abria and, and, and all these really cool, they got Lou. Lou is a hilarious player. Oh my God. He, Lou he's Wilson. hysterical. Oh, especially, I'm um, actually, not I'm um, actually, um, uh, uh, game changer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I will say I'm super hyped for this, this Nordverse thing. Because I've been saying since day one, like since the second I saw EXU, I'm like, I want Amy and Laura to table together because that's going to be a shitstorm of chaos. And I, I <laughs> want it. I want it. And that Sam is the DM. Ooh, I'm like, you're going to deserve on. everything that happens. <laughs> just, gonna- okay, wait, 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 wait. I, I'm, I'm out of the loop. Okay. What? So they're doing a Nordverse. So, you know, Sam's. I'm, I'm familiar with the commercials. Okay. They're the doing Black Lily 69 or whatever. Yeah, so they're doing a Nordverse origin story one shot. <laughs> and the lineup is I got I I I giggled. I want to make sure I'm I'm citing this correctly. So excuse me, will I no, not fan fiction. I don't oh god, there's no. No, I don't want it. I don't want the Nordverse fan fiction. That seems like okay. So it's gonna be Sam as the GM. Okay. It's gonna be Laura Bailey, Amy oh. Carrero, Liam oh. O'Brien, Christian Navarro, Lou Wilson, and a excuse me surprise special guest. And I'm like Easy Sam. Aaron DePaul. I was like Sam is gonna and it, it's Sam. So actually the odds of that are fairly high. I was like <laughs> he's gonna deserve everything that happens to him. Oh yeah, no. Ooh, or or they give him Abria. I would die. <laughs> I would just. <laughs> I would just die. I'm like, on one hand, I, I don't want to walk away from campaign three right now because I'm, I'm a- I absolutely adore um, Bell's Hells. And I, I think the things that <laughs> I don't know who's working through what in that group, but goddamn. Um, speaking of D&D is therapy. Holy <laughs> shit, Marisha. Um, <laughs> But also, also Laura, Laura's, Laura's working through something and I don't, I don't know what she's doing, but I have, I have some very deep concerns about where, where Emma, and no spoilers, but, um, just where that's headed. I have a lot of, I have a lot of, I'm, I'm terrified and fascinated in, in a way that I don't think I've ever been about a show, which is bizarre to think of, um, it's really interesting with Laura. Like, yeah, she's definitely dealing with something. And it's interesting to see how her role playing has changed after she became a mom. Not, she's not. So I don't know if this, it, it has been. So, cause I'm watching campaign one and one and three kind of simultaneously. Cause I, I need, I need my Ranger fix. Mm. Gotcha. I need, I need my Ranger fix. And, um, and also because admit, it's trinket. It's it's it, trinket. It, I did I did order trinket. They got the plushie <laughs> on their shop, and I did order a trinket. Well, because Frumpkin was getting lonely, and he needed a trinket. So there you um, go. But yeah, I watching Vex and Imogen side by side 
fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very different characters. Right. And like, I'm kind of familiar with Jester. Like, I, I, I got into Critical Role while Campaign 2 was happening. And so even though I haven't seen a lot of Campaign 2, like, I've, I've seen that. I, I did see the finale. Which was a weird thing to just like, I've seen the finale of Campaign 2. Jeez. Oh my um, god, you, there's you so much the, back there. you read the last page of the books when you start reading them? No, so... Well, so I, I caught like a couple here and there. And like I had seen like half an episode here or like half an episode there. And I was seeing all the like the clips. And so I was mm. like, okay, like I, I get what's going on here. I saw the cupcake with the hag. Uh, oh, so good. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, damn. But, but, Imog- but Imogen's also not like Jester. No. No. And like, I can kind of see what, like, I can see the threads with Marisha. Like, I, I, I can kind of see what's going on there. And, and Imogen, uh, not Imogen, with Laudna and, and her backstory. And I don't know where you're not caught up to. So I'm going to be very, very vague. It was a great reveal, and if you haven't seen the reveal, it's holy shit! It's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I am not one who goes, oh, you spoiled it for me. I can, because the way I watch things or listen to things is, okay. is so weird. So, okay. Uh, so then, spoiler alert: Laudna's the Vex double on the Sun Tree from Campaign yep. One. Right. Yep. I got, I got that part. Okay. All right. So and, that was and, the part I wasn't and, sure. And who her who who she has a pact with as a warlock? I really want Delilah to show up mm-hmm. in the campaign two one shot because I just want Laura Bailey to smack the shit out of her across all three campaigns. Like I just really just, want that. Just one in more my, time, just one more time. I just really want that, like in my heart, like that that little thing. But like, so I can kind of see like what Marisha's doing, and I can sort of see where like ashley is just kind of trying to figure out her play style and you know i can and sam's just chaos like just that that's his vibe it's chaos and 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 everything but there's such a dramatic difference and like all of liam's characters are sad boys right i was just gonna say it's like all of them playing the sad boy again liam's playing the sad boy um but vex and jester and imogen are so dramatically different that like especially i think watching campaign one and then the most recent couple episodes of campaign three with imogen and and all of that it's like what what's going on here Hmm. what's what's happening laura we love you honey are you okay i yeah no so like it it you're right. It's definitely been different since she's been a mom. Like that's definitely mm-hmm. been different, and that I've definitely seen be different. Yep. Um, even just the time I've been watching it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if this is like, this is all. I would say this is metagaming, but it's not my game, so I can't metagame. Um, I don't know if this is like feedback loop from like the crap she was getting over Last of Us, or or what's going on there. But like Imogen in particular has has got some shit happening and I'm here for it. Yeah. But I really like the dark Phoenix. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's how I know there's something weird happening. Right. Cause I'm like, yeah. Ooh, 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah, she's had some real interesting moments that have not been completely explained where you're just kind of going, okay. And so, I So one of the one of the reasons I was like actively thinking so in our in our home game, right? Because we're all nerds and we're all backseat gaming. Um one of the things I've always been very interested in is how you handle like inter-party conflict at a table, right? Mm. Um and where those lines are drawn or or go. Um so our table we had a character who he he he's dead now. Um <laughs> The character, the character, not the player. He's very much fine and alive. He's okay. fine. Um, but the character himself was evil, and Been we there. were we were trying to to kind of like bring him around to at least a neutral alignment. Um, but it was very much a, oh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take care of this. This this is going to be a thing that the party has to do. And and there's only one way that we're going to be able to deal with this. And at one point, we did get into it like an inter-party um, PvP, which I hate. I hate PvP. I hate yeah. as a concept. I hate it. Um, and you know, it's rough. I hate. I, I I hate it. I just it just uh in my like my very very like my innermost soul. I hate PvP and I hate being in conflict with my friends. Yeah. Um. Even even my fake friends. Right. Mm. Um, and so we, that's the other, so he was playing a ranger and, um, I know as someone who loves playing rangers and he was playing a, uh, a gloom stalker, I was like, this is going to get very out of hand very, very quickly if this comes to combat. And I don't want it to come to combat because I, I don't, I don't, I, me, the player don't want that energy at my table. Um, mm. and this, and we had all kind of talked about it and, and the player knew like, this is going to happen. No hard feelings. Don't worry. But like, this is the character. This is what he's going to do. This is his, his thing. So it was very, very like upfront and forthright, but now seeing that kind of reflected at somebody else's table. Cause I've, I'm very new to this like actual play stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Imogen's going to some very dark places. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, in campaign one, if it had been the twins, I would have said Vex can, or Vax can pull, can pull Vex out. Like, that's not a, like, of course Liam can talk Laura out of this. Of right. course he can. You know, I don't know that there's, there's such a darkness happening there. I don't know how that's going to go. And I'm fascinated to see, like, that energy happening in real time <laughs> and i'm just i'm just so I, I like to consume media that makes me think and and how it changes like my storytelling or my role playing or 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 how i create characters I like to get something out of it and so seeing i don't know it's just it's so it's so dark and it's so interesting and no one's no one's shying away from it no but none of the characters are talking about it it's yeah it's interesting they're kind of skirting it a little bit it it's interesting that you mentioned like the 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 lauren liam dynamic and that that vax could pull vex out of dark places now that laudna has gone through what she has gone through 
And again, we're being vague because that's pretty new information. Yeah, it's very new. Right. I think I would be interested to see as this progresses um, and as Laura delves deeper and deeper and as Imogen kind of goes through those things, if because Imogen has kind of always held Laudna up. But since Laudna has gone through this, it's going to be interesting to see if Laudna becomes the one who anchors Imogen because she's been to those dark places. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about that. I'm, I, I'm so curious about that. And I'm, there's so many like little like, ping, ping. So like there's, I was, there's that line in Star Wars about whenever, whenever darkness rises light will meet it light will rise to meet it or or something kind of mm-hmm. like that and so we're seeing kind of the reverse of that where imogen's really falling darker and darker and darker and darker and laudna's not not that laudna herself is a very dark character but she's a very dark past and and but she's she's been an anchor in the past but i don't know if it's been a strong enough anchor mm-hmm. and we're also starting to see the one who's really been I think has been Orem and he's also getting kind of kind of plucked at and poked and prodded and it's yeah. it's making me really want to lovingly torment my friends is really what it's doing. <laughs> it's it's so it's it's delicious, right? Like it's like yeah. oof that's, like that's, I that's the perfect description of DMing is lovingly tormenting your friends. <laughs> Like it, it is though. Like it, it, it. Oh, ooh. I'm like, I just wanna, I just wanna like make you like lovingly. I want to emotionally destroy you, <laughs> like, because Mark does it to me all the time, and ugh, he's such an asshole. Um, <laughs> I, he really I, I is. Would, I, I want to give you a geek point though for for bringing a quote from I believe The Force Awakens. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Good you. Job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think I think a lot about Star. Wars. Oh God, no! It, it I have played the I I've been the reverse of 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 your 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 former Ranger friend uh, back in third edition. I had a lawful neutral, uh, death and magic domain cleric. Uh, he oh. was dedicated to Weejaws. Um, and we were playing in Planescape, and he was just like. I'm a governor. I, I, you know, I, I want order, um, you know, and I don't understand why people don't accept order, but here, you know, with order, everything works out well. And then he got killed and got brought back, lost an eye coming back and decided, you know what people, I I can't count on people to choose order. I'm going to impose order. Um, and, and I made, I, I told my DM, I was like, listen, I, I want to shift him. From lawful neutral, lawful evil. And he's like, okay, just no PvP, no, no direct attacks. I was like, fine, because I, I, we'd had that happen once or twice before. And you're right, it is such a terrible energy. Um, and so I've started with like talking to to the other folks in the party with like, hey, you know, we should be doing this instead of you know just kind of picking things. We should like really be making sure that that sigil is a much better place to live, you know, that, that everything is orderly. Uh, and I was able to convince everybody, but like the super multi-class prestige class, cleric, paladin, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, 
and I was like, got the opportunity to make a deal with a half devil to have them taken out, and you know, things happen. They didn't get I, killed though. I love it. I love it but, so much. I like. Yeah, I'm oh. so glad though it never went PvP though, because that would have just ruined it. You know. So we only had like the one PvP thing, and it wasn't it wasn't full PvP. It was it was um, our ranger, and then it, I'm gonna leave their names out again because internet anonymity and things. And mm-hmm. then it was me and Sip, and it was a we we all the, we all talked about it afterwards. We're like in this moment, this this is what made sense in this instance where um, uh, the ranger was a Yuanti. Uh, he had a thing with birds. I don't do snakes. This was the whole thing. And he kind of chewed on uh, the our uh, character's emotional plot hook. Oof. Yeah. And so Sip's character, who had been trying to figure out... Um, Sip's character, who's bonkers because Sip, uh, you know, where he came from and who made him... Uh, this is the first clue he had gotten. And he... Uh, so he rangers shoot on him a little bit. <laughs> Sip responded. And I was like, so Callie's Callie's fatal flaw is loyalty. That's her pro that Callie's my uh my rogue lock. Finally wow. got to multi-class. I'm really excited about that. That's cool. Um yeah, so it's a it's an arcane trickster warlock of the undying, which is Means I don't do anything super well, but I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> so that's super weird. It's it's my first multi class, so it's it's very nothing, very cool. N- nothing yeah. like being multi ability dependent. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so Callie's Callie's an odd duck because as an arcane trickster, you're even though you're a subclass of rogue. To me, it already felt like I was kind of multi classing because mm. I was leaning so heavily not heavily, but I was. You're setting up your rogue with the intention of kind of using a wizard branch yeah. of of stuff. And so then to spec into Warlock on top of that, which makes perfect sense for her. It made it makes sense for where she's at and what she's doing. And Mark and I talked about it for for ages. Um about hey, I don't think that rogue is really, you know, the also guys talk to your DMs. If you think that something doesn't work for your character or isn't working for your character or or some do you just think something needs to change a little bit? Talk to your DMs. Talk to your players. Like like talk to them. Um I, I talked to Mark a lot about Rogue feels like something, and here's here's the theme, and I'm gonna tattle on myself a little bit more. Being a rogue is something that Callie kind of got forced into. This is the thing she was brought up to do. She was brought up to take over the Thieves Guild. You know, she herself is not naturally this person. Well, if you're not naturally the thing that you are, how do you use those skills to find that, right? And so we spend a lot of time like, oh, well, you know, she's... She has a a, a kind of really... I don't want to say intense because I feel like they've been actually kind of estranged lately. Like, she's a very close friendship with uh, the cleric who CC plays. Um, that is, it's in Mark's brain. It gives and they were roommates vibes. And I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say anything because CC listens to this podcast. But that's on that's on CC. 
uh, for <laughs> for Verity to decide what's happening there because Callie mm. knows what Callie knows, and Callie right. thinks what. <laughs> we love you, Cece. I'm gonna make you make that <laughs> choice, babe. Sorry. Um, but so she's she's very close to to Verity, who's a cleric, and she's you know learning kind of how to adult from the paladin. But that but religion isn't the thing, like that that kind of thing. So it's like, well, maybe she specs into to paladin. Like maybe that's the thing that she she does. And and it wound up that she um, befriended the gatekeeper of death. Oh boy! Because she, yes. Yeah. So now, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It's just one of those like, um, cool. I I have this habit of offering really important deities, really simple offerings, and it just working out very well for me. Um, okay. and so we. It, Long, long story short, because this is a total tangent from the PvP. Um, but we were, we were fighting, we were helping Verity's god, who she had killed, and was living in her staff with Shit, the gatekeeper okay. of death. Yeah, yo, Cece, we didn't know because Cece's, because Verity is just Cece. That she's just hello, uh, you know. And she, she's just happy and sweet and normal and a bit odd, but she's just, she's just, and then we found out like, oh no, she actually murdered her god and, and started a civil war in her home country. And we were like, what? <laughs> we were playing for over a year when we found that. <laughs> Listen, just, just ask, just ask CC, you know, about dropping the bear head. What? That sounds like a euphemism that I don't want to know about. Yeah. So, 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 I, in, the, so in the game we in the, in the game we were playing, uh, she was playing a dwarf barbarian path of the zealot. This is Hildy, right? Yeah, Hildy. And when Hildy went into her rage, she had a a, a bear skin cloak, and when she went into rage, she would she would physically like nod her head so that the 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 bear head would slip down to cover part of her face and then she would just go ham with a with a, with a great oh, axe that's awesome so here's here's the thing about Cece, right and i love her so much she's yes, she's yes. so lovely but she's just so friendly and sweet yeah. and cheerful and then her brain is so fucked up like, yeah, for, like, for a long time, just all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, because and Hildy was this, you know, was, was naive and whatever, and then it was like something would threaten us, and bam, there's a million ways I'm going to destroy you. I love yeah. that so much. And like, she, like, I called her the mistress of Twisted for a really long time. Uh, <laughs> she's she, she's well just earned. well earned. She, like, Oh, she's great. I I love her to pieces. I don't remember. Oh, it was PvP. I was like, where where was I going with this? Because now it's just like my greatest hits of D and D. But so we okay PvP. So we knew. So uh, Sip's character, uh, his name is Sor. Sor was like, nope. You you fucked up my emotional support animal. I gotta I gotta make your I gotta I gotta do this and and he it was rightfully deserved and I think if there were two players in that group that 
could have initiated that situation and had no hard feelings about it. It, it is those two characters and it is those two players. And I think that that's how it was okay. Um, but the rogue was there and it was kind of a, well, you done fucked up now, kid. And a level eight ranger or a level seven ranger up against a level seven or eight uh, rogue and monk is rough. Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't want to say we curb stomped him because that feels unkind yeah. to the ranger. But there was there was some curb stopping, mostly because we were able to get to him before he was able to um, use his creepy ass gloom stalker shit. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, of, my, one of my players was 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 debating between gloom stalker and the horizon walker. Yeah. And they're so like, cool. They're both so cool, though. Yeah, they're both so cool. But I was looking at the Gloom Stalker, and I was like, "That's just gonna fuck all my shit up." As the so DM, this is just yeah. Gloom Stalkers are nasty. They're so yeah. nasty, like especially if like. So, because this was an ongoing concern, I spent a lot of time like, okay, well, if if the Ranger decides, he doesn't. He, if he just decides one day that he's going to flip on us, like, how do we handle this? And uh, Batman. Yeah, it was it was like, how do we do this? And so we have a really big party. Of, it's seven players, which is which is large. We actually almost have two full sets of of like teams when we split the party, which is great, but also problematic. Um, but like just looking at that initial outburst because Gloomstalkers are so heavy in their first mm-hmm. attacks and their first rounds. Yeah. I was like, you can just down the rogue. You can just down the cleric. You can just down the wizard. Like at one point, I think before we, we leveled, there was only one character that he couldn't one shot. Yeah. And I'm like, that's intense. That's really intense. And I don't, I don't want to do that on top of not liking PVP. That's not how I, that's not how I want Callie to die. <laughs> like, that's just, that's, that's just, that's just not how, that's not how this goes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's so, oof. It's so rough. So I'm just, I, oof. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, this is, Mark. This is what we Mark. do for fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark, Mark was debating between Horizon, Horizon Walker and Gloomstalker. And I was just like, ooh. Yeah. Um, they're, they're both wonderful. I gotta say, yeah. I, everyone, I don't know where this, like, shitting on rangers thing came from. The Beastmaster. Because that's, that's not fair. I, it's, it's the, because, you know, low-level Beastmaster, because, what was yeah. it, 3.5, they, you know, 3, 3, 3.x, they could do all the things, plus have their animal do all the things. Yeah. But I played, well, I was a, a monster slayer, and, and. Kayla's fairy tale. I was playing a lizard folk monster slayer. Okay. Okay. That that's nice to have like built in uh built in hunter's mark. Oh my god. Right? You know? Like holy shit. I don't have to spell I don't have to cast a spell and worry about concentration. I can just go, you know what? I'm gonna kill you. How about you just get wrecked? Yeah. Like also, also 
my last attack on you is going to be my bite because I'm going to eat part of you and regain some hit points because I'm a lizard folk and that's what I do. That's so fucked up. That's that's so delightfully <laughs> fucked up though. That's some that's some I I'm very curious one day in 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 when the ADM and the geekiest teams get to actually like do a thing together. I'm very curious to see what you and Sip do because Sip always has these like bonkers off the wall characters. Like oh. it's my one regret with Kayla's with the, with our fairy tale game ending was I so I was not originally going to be a member of of the group. I was co DMing with Kayla until she picked up all the things and then she could run on her own. And then I was going to be a particular character in each fairy tale realm. She was doing like Tenth Kingdom. Okay, makes sense. Love that so idea. I have a I have still in my D and D Beyond. I have all of my characters that I have not, I didn't like, I have a warlock uh, of the undying, a, a Goliath warlock of the undying. Uh, yeah. Who is going to was candy. Candy mountain was going to be where I brought him in. Uh, as I have a warforged wizard who is a, a war mage. Uh, and I had for when they got to Jack and the beanstalk, I have a tabaxi rogue swashbuckler. Yes, I have Puss in Boots. I love it so much. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. I I love it. But he is a Russian blue and his name is Victor. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. One day yes. we will finish that campaign. Yes. Um, I, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. And, we could. Uh, we, we probably will again. Um, I have made the uh, executive producer decision that we are not going to do geek news tonight because it's already late o'clock. <laughs> more fun to talk to Mary. Yeah. It's more fun, but, um, but we should uh, get to the big board and look at uh, at the points. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. Ah, I feel like Joe got a couple, like quite a few this time. So... We do this thing, especially with you, my dear Mary, um, where we, we, we get absorbed. And I'm sure that had we been not completely absorbed in the wonderfulness that is you, uh, everyone would have had more geek points. Because um, there was a lot of stuff that went by where I was just like, this is so cool. Um, but regardless of that, uh, I am pleased and honored to announce that, uh, Mary, you are our geekiest this evening. Uh, with six recorded points and probably like forty-two not. Uh, Take the point. point for the forty-two. Geek point. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So see, <laughs> the trick is, I just have to come on more than like once every two years. That we don't like just like sit here and bullshit and talk because we that's haven't nice. talked to each other in so long. There you go. That's that's. I'm gonna hold you to that. Um. So actually, with that third geek point, that ties Joe and I for second place. So. Ooh. <laughs> So Heck tell them what yeah. she's won, Joe. Well, uh, as you might recall from before, uh, as the geekiest, it is your right, responsibility, obligation, uh, duty, something else, something else, something else, to let folks know where they can find you and stuff about Addict or Media online. So the floor is yours. So where can you find Addict or Media? So Addict or Media is on Facebook. Instagram, uh, Twitter. We don't really use Twitter too much as ADM. Um, and then we have a website, uh, addictormedia.com. All of our handles are addictormedia. 
across every platform, make it real simple for everyone to find us whenever they need us. Branding. Uh, branding. <laughs> it's a thing. Also Twitch, but we haven't we haven't streamed in a while. But if you want to go find some some VODs or some some clips of me and CC being um there's a lot of merch idea in those clips is what it is. I think at one point she mixed up infinity stones and brain rocks. And so they're just brain stones and, and we never have them. Um, and I'm like, that's what I want in my life. Uh, and then I across brain rocks. Listen, <laughs> I could use a big bag of brain rocks, really. Just a giant bag of brain rocks. Uh, so we we like to to say that uh, we give him the sip so he can have them at work when we're streaming because uh, <laughs> he works nights very, very often. And then we don't have to be super smart about it. Um, I just realized my dog is sleeping under his under his under his pillow. That's adorable. Um, and then if you want to get hold of me, I am at MG Puppo. P is in Paul, U is an umbrella, P is in Paul, P is in Paul, O is an Oscar on Instagram and Twitter. If you really want to get a hold of me, try Twitter because I don't really Instagram super well. Uh, but if you want to see a lot of pictures of my pets, or uh, I think most recently Dice, because I'm a gremlin, as aforementioned, uh, then Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find us. Very oh. cool. Hey, KK. Yo. Where can people find you online? Oh boy. Um, okay, so we're not sure of the status of the twits at the moment. We're a little eh about that. Not that I yeah. ever used it anyway. Uh, but on Instagram, you can find me at Geekiest Kayla. Uh, you can still find me on Facebook at Jade NSF Wizards. Um, as always, you can find me on Secondhand Goddess across all of the socials. Uh, as well as if you want to come into our fun, geeky, nerdy, witchy, uh, very, very open, uh, safe uh, space at Secondhand Goddess. If you are in the South Florida area, you can come on down to 4148 DV Road uh, and check us out there. If you cannot make it into the shop, you can always check out our website at secondhandgoddess.net, uh, where you can find some of the stuff that we're selling, my merch site. Um, but we have also launched an initiative recently that I haven't talked about on the show because it's not exactly relevant, but it's part of who I am. Um, we're calling it homeless care and basically what it is, is outside of the shop, we have a, a bin and some baskets of stuff that people in the area can use. Um, everything from feminine hygiene products to clothing to, uh, just basic hygiene stuff. Um, there's a whole list. If you go to my, uh, secondhand goddess Facebook page, there's a pin post with all of the list of the things that are, uh, relative and appropriate to donate. Um, or you can check out our Amazon wish list, which is also on our website, uh, to help out with that. Um, everybody needs a hand up sometimes. And part of what we do, uh, and what we believe in uh, with secondhand goddess in here at the geekiest is that you lift as you rise. Um, so it's important that we give back. So with Joe doing the live stream stuff that he does, this is a way for me to also help out those in need. So if you can, uh, please check that out. Um, and then, of course, you can always find me here on the Geekiest doing stuff. And I think that's it for now. We dropped a couple of things. So that is about it. Right? Did I miss anything? No, I think that's it. We cool, need to cool. find, do we need to find Joe anywhere? And Joe. Well, uh, I am uh, I am still squarely in the dumpster fire that is Twitter, um, and you can find me there at Demorgus. That's D E M 
O-R-G-U-S. Um, if you want to follow this podcast across the social medias, it's all at, at the geekiest pod. Um, if you live in the South Florida area or you happen to not mind playing D&D or other role-playing games virtually, you can hire me through mindplaymondays.com. Uh, I had the uh, enjoyment of playing with the repeat customer this last Saturday. And this upcoming Saturday, I will be running a learn-to-play D&D with a bunch of 10-year-olds. So pray for me. Um, uh, but we, yeah, you we can... cast guidance for you. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna need bless. I'm gonna need bless. <laughs> I'm gonna need bless and guidance. Uh, <laughs> little pass without a trace. That too. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, apparently, the the young folks have been uh, clamoring to learn how to play D and D for a while, and uh, so so I have been hired to do so. Um. You can also support uh, this podcast by going to uh, thegeekiestpod.myshop, myspreadshop.com. I had to remember that. That was um, also uh, coming sometime in the near future. I will be joining with Alex and Jeremy from Dungeons and Dummies and our buddy Morgan from Mindflade Mondays and David Tilstra from. Uh, for the Afar podcast. Uh, and we're going to be uh, doing a, a podcast of DMs. Uh, and it's going to be called Keep It Dicey. Uh, we're, we're still working out uh, the recording schedule and everything, but uh, you can find us on the socials at this point uh, and, and be ready to hear what we're doing. So, Which socials? What's the handles? Because I got, I'm following everything else. I need that one. Uh, keep it dicey is let me look that up. Which, for some reason, whenever I go to look for it, it always like eludes me. Uh, the keep it dicey podcast, it's uh, the dicey pod uh, on Twitter. I'm assuming we're on Instagram and elsewhere, but I know we're on Twitter. Ooh, uh, ooh, that's very <laughs> retro. I like that. I like it. Uh, the design uh, is also from the uh, the the mind of uh, Morgan. Uh, we just approved color schemes, but he he was just like, "Hey guys, check what I did," and we're like, "That's awesome." We could like we would have spent all like we'd have been the monkey in the room with the typewriters, taking a hundred years to write Macbeth. Next time yeah. you you see Cece, ask her about what it was like to draw, design the ADM logo. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting to do that. Uh, we, I think we have a really cool group group. Also, if you saw the live stream we did for dungeons and dummies back a couple months ago, where we're raising money for the children's hospital of Los Angeles, uh, we are working to get that second episode that, uh, our, our awesome donors were able to get us to. And Jeremy We'll do the one chip challenge that we saw David Tilstra do. Uh, David Tilstra said he will never do that again uh, because he dearly died that day. So uh, I think that's about it for, for me. Um, so I'm sorry. Back up just a second. I giggled, but what do you mean almost killed him? <laughs> so, so, so are you familiar with the one chip challenge? No. What is this? So, so the chip, the, the chip in, in question is like, Carolina Reaper. Oh no. Millions of Scovilles hot. And you eat the one chip. 
Um, he disappeared off the stream a couple times to yep. deal with the repercussions. And then later that day, uh, he was traveling with family and um, had to deal with the oh, fallout no. of the one chip. Oh. Uh, this is your friend? I, this you, is, you like this human, right? Listen, he... <laughs> He, when we were coming up with the with the goals for the fundraising, David said, "If we, I think if it was we got to five, if we got to five hundred or we got to a thousand, he would do the one chip challenge." And we started like just short of a thousand, like when we started the stream because we had been promoting the 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 charity link for like a couple weeks, because um, like we had the second episode locked up by before we started like just people were being super generous um and so when we got to i think a thousand he was like all right he i mean he'd bought the chip and uh and then jeremy said if i think if we got to two thousand he would do the one chip for the second episode so this no one told them they had to do this so in fact we i think we tried to talk david out of doing it but the things people will do for charity. More you know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I I was like I'd I think I'd seen something about it like on TikTok, whatever. But yeah, these these young people, they they get all crazy with the these challenges. So okay. I don't I don't know. Sorry, yeah. I derailed that outro, but I really needed to know what the hell that was. <laughs> you know what? It, 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 all no, knowledge no. is worth having. Yes. Yeah. And and now you know to avoid the one chip challenge. <laughs> yep, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> um as always, this uh let's before we get to the as always. Uh we've talked about COVID. We talked about how Kayla and I had COVID. There's a bunch of other variants out there. Get boosted. Keep trying to do the social distancing and wearing a mask and washing the hands and wash your hands. Jesus Christ, wash your hands. Don't lick anything. That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah, um, because we would like I mean, I, I understand like this pandemic thing is now like we're just going to have it forever. It's going to be people plus COVID. It's just how it's going to be because um, we couldn't follow the rules. Um, and as always, this podcast believes that uh, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights. Love is love and their body, their choice. We thank you for listening this week and we look forward to talking to you. Maybe next week, maybe in a couple weeks. Really depends how we're feeling. Yeah, whenever we feel like it. And as my, my dear brother from another mother, Will, would say, leave the world a better place than the way you found it, kids. It's important. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be... Share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.